Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And today, we are discussing in gruesome detail our first blood-soaked experiences with one of the greatest horror movies of all time. That would be The Shining. I first saw The Shining, oh fuck, 20 years ago, because I'm old as fuck. I actually got together with a bunch of friends just prior to Halloween, and it was our decision that we wanted to watch those movies that everyone should have seen, but none of us actually have, because we were, you know, 16 years old and uh, not super well-versed in classic films. So we got together for a sleepover at my friend Jenny's house, and first we watched Rosemary's Baby, which was so incredibly slow and painful and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. Don't judge me too much. Although Roman, You were 16. I was 16 yeah. and also Roman Polanski like overrated hack. Just going to put that out there. Whatever. Not a big deal. Also a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. But you know, personal opinion. Anyway, after Rosemary's Baby, got some food. Some people may have been drinking. Don't really recall, but you know, we were 16 so probably. And then we turned on The Shining. I'm not going to lie. There's a good chance that I fell asleep a little bit that first time, too. I definitely remember coming away from it thinking, the fuck was that? Not in a really cool way, either. Not in a, the fuck was that? That was awesome! But more in a, the fuck was that? Like it didn't make sense? <laughs> like it didn't make sense, yeah. And, and I got really excited, actually, when we decided to do this one again. Well, again for me, first time mm-hmm. for you. Um, because I'm thinking, you know, I haven't seen it in 20 years. And I was thinking, so you never watched it again? After I that. never watched it again. No. I mean, everybody sees bits and pieces of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's always on around Halloween on some station somewhere, and you kind of catch up on little pieces. Um, but I haven't actually sat down and watched it since then. And so I, I was thinking, okay, well, this is my opportunity to actually pay attention. You know, you're 16, you're hanging out with your friends, and you're only paying so much attention anyway. So last night I watched it, and I paid attention, and... There's still a part of me that feels like, a, the fuck was that? And in fairness, I'm pretty sure that was Stephen King's opinion after seeing it as well. I think, based on what I've read, his opinion was based a lot on his intentions for the movie and his intention for the story. And right. Right. Which yeah. you would think, I mean, he had being beef the about creator the of the story. Right, right. That he had some beef about how it was done on screen. And I, I agree. Um, I don't... Yeah, so... Well, I... I guess I feel like it was largely it was largely a piece of work designed for Kubrick to show off weirdness and Jack Nicholson to show off craziness. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Um, 
I, I'm not saying it's a terrible movie. I, I, it obviously is responsible for a lot of the moodiness in mm. real quality horror movies since since that time. Um, kind of responsible for some stereotypes as well, but ones that often work, mm-hmm. cliches that often work. So I, I feel like it's done a lot for film, but as somebody who just sat there and watched it for two hours, I can't say that I felt after watching it that I wanted to see it again. Second time, I think I'm good. So I too fell asleep. Oh, I, I am not surprised. So, so here's it's the, rare for me here, to fall asleep. Here's the thing. Movie. Here's the thing. I am a falling asleep in movies kind of person. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Snoozed all the way through it. Which is Captain insane. America. Fell asleep. Wonder Woman. Bore out of my mind. Okay, well that one was boring. Okay. That's fair. Uh, among others. I was really enjoying this, but I was so tired. And I was like, it was at a point where Jack and Wendy were fighting. And I was like, oh, well they're fighting. Well, wake me up at some point. I'm just going to close my eyes. And then I fell asleep. So... I woke up, I, I got up this morning, and I finished watching it um, this afternoon. I will say, though... So it took you 12 hours or so to get through I it. I will say, though, it it has nothing to do with the movie. I thought the movie was incredible. Well, and honestly, the, the movie... I'm not blaming it for falling asleep. I'm not saying that it was boring mm-hmm. and that that's why. It didn't bore me. It actually created, which is strange because it's, you know, one of the most well-known horror movies and it kind of created this amazingly relaxing atmosphere. <laughs> Moody and creepy, sure, but also just so quiet and... It's it's quiet. The first half of the movie is very quiet. Yeah. And, and kind of, yeah. I don't remember up. being particularly frightened by any of it when I was 16 and I wasn't last night either, mm-hmm. but... Again, in fairness, I, I think there are only a select handful of of things that scare me in movies. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, usually so the jump scares or just more like that seeing no. something that's really terrifying to you. Like yeah, the, like aliens. No, never scared me. Um, <laughs> but, but are you not afraid of alien abduction? I am, but I'm not afraid because they were in space. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to space. Okay, because so you're, aliens might be you're there. sort of safe from so aliens like because you're close off. encounters of the third kind. Never Terri- seen it. Oh, never seen it because it would be terrifying. Won't see it oh, ever. Okay. That's right. There's a movie, I haven't seen it either. There was a movie about supposedly a true story about a guy who was abducted by aliens. It was uh, DB Sweeney. Yeah, no, I know yeah. this story. Yeah, yeah. Um, my brother loved the movie. So I watched it because it was back in the day when we could, mm-hmm. you know, go to the video store and rent movies and we could only get what one. So we had was to... that? Something about the sky. Fire in the sky. Fire in the yeah, sky. Yeah, I know this. I know this movie. So, D.B. Uh, Sweeney. One of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen in my life because of alien abduction. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a metal day bed and I used to sleep with my arm hooked around the metal thinking that somehow that would keep them from taking me. <laughs> it was that and like... The Chuck Norris movie that I saw when I was way too young, like maybe five years old. Mm-hmm. And it was all about this guy who was somehow like genetically engineered to be impervious. Like he just, he could not be stopped. He could not be killed. Of course, Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris can kill him. Can kill him. But yep. it takes him like two hours. Mm-hmm. And the very beginning of the movie, this guy, he comes into this farmhouse and just like kills everyone with an axe. And there is something about that was terrifying because it was everybody's fine everybody's cool and oh my god there's a maniac with an axe which you know sure there was a maniac with an axe in this movie too but honestly i I don't know i guess i'm the whole time i'm thinking like 
you're just being stupid. You could have taken them. <laughs> you could have. <laughs> I, I guess it didn't, it didn't frighten me. If anything, I was thinking like, this, you're in this giant hotel. There are pl- probably plenty of places you can escape to to be fine. You could just ignore some of the ghosts. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? So it's really not. So in your mind, it's like, it's not that scary. Yeah, it wasn't really scary to me. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that it wasn't a well done movie in terms of creating tension mood and suspense and exactly it was very well done and it definitely i felt that which was great but i didn't have nightmares after or come away from it thinking like oh that was creepy i think the thing that was scariest to me because i agree with you it's not scary in the church like there are no jump scares there's nothing there are definitely some movies that i've seen like event horizon that scared the fucking shit out of me and i don't ever want to watch again well that's the the most my most favorite movie that i cannot watch is the exorcist there are oh yeah that movie scared the fuck out of me jump scares in it it's just it's just scary it's the epitome of terror creating Mm -hmm. that exact precise horrifying mood where you know the entire time you know that something is going to happen mm-hmm. yeah it's scary as fuck yeah. the exorcist is terrifying that was a scary one i was really scared by the blair witch project i was yeah, yeah. terrified I, I saw that so much later uh, and i thought it was just stupid god what's the other found footage one with the couple in the house paranormal activity that one scared the shit out of me yeah. i was in bed that night like saying the lord's prayer out loud so <laughs> fucking terrified the demons are coming to get I me i went we saw that the first time i saw that was at Kristen's cabin and i made her sleep mm-hmm. in bed with me <laughs> that night i was like no no i'm scared not sleeping out there alone scared of shit so that demonic possession is yeah. a real thing i believe in it and i'm scared of it exactly this movie i felt like the some of the scenes were incredible. There were so many things in this movie that I recognized from other movies that I have seen. So I love horror movies. And that's what I mean by a lot yes. of it is setting the ground right. for I love horror. I, I love bad horror movies. Um, so it may be a little bit of a... I don't know why I never saw this movie. I, 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 I don't know. but And that was, you know, even at 16... That was our reasoning for having like that party. Like, we should watch was, this. Yeah, mm-hmm. we even thought at that relatively young age, like, why the hell haven't yeah. we seen these? Yes. Everybody should. I mean, because I've, I've seen... I hadn't, I haven't seen any other Stanley Kubrick except for Full Metal Jacket. Oh, you've never seen Clockwork Orange? I've never seen a Clockwork Orange or... Yeah. So, so that was something, too. You know, this is a Kubrick film. It's got fucking Jack Nicholson in it. Um, and I didn't realize... Okay, I guess at first I should say, the thing that I found very scary about it was... The, the the family. So the moments where Wendy is, she's trapped in this house with him. She can't get out and she's just breaking down. And that feeling of like, I'm trapped, I'm trapped and I can't get out. I felt like was a really good metaphor for being trapped in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. being, or being trapped in an, in a relationship in general. Like you're with this person for so long and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do and it's terrifying. And I've had that, I felt that feeling. So there that I moments, thought was really good. And there are moments and so we can talk about Shelley Duvall because we need to talk about things. We need to, to talk say. about Shelley for sure. But there are moments in the movie where she does things and being on the outside looking in, I'm like you should have stabbed him in the fucking eye instead of just, you know, why is scratching she running, his hand. Why is she running or... around with the knife? Why is she just running around with the goddamn knife? Why would, wouldn't you? Like flailing arms, oh knife. Oh my god, that's the worst. That was bad. She's just, she's 
Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but my, my point about this certain times, you know, she does something and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Just kill him. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's wondering, and I don't know. I don't know what kind of discussions were had, obviously, when this movie was made, which was before I was born, because even though I'm old, I'm not that old. But okay. I don't know point taken. If, um, if some of the thoughts behind it were, you know, she doesn't want to kill her husband. She doesn't want to hurt. I think I think her that husband. is. I think that's it. So we're watching on the outside, and I'm thinking, you know, why is she just cutting his hand when she could be actually stabbing him or doing what she needs right. to do to get away? But there is probably this thought in her mind of, this is my husband, and I love this man, and he's my family, and I don't want. I don't know why he wants to hurt me, but I don't want to hurt him. There is a history there. Obviously, you don't see it. I think you have to infer it. So she yeah. tells the story about how he grabbed Danny and dislocated his shoulder. There's a history of abuse. I think that she has probably, he's probably played, laid hands on her at some point, but he stopped drinking and he said he wouldn't do it again. And it's interesting that it, the drinking never comes back up between them. But I think... Well, that, it doesn't come up between them, but he does certainly He does, drink. he is drinking, right. So I think that she's, she's experiencing all these things and yes, it's her husband and she loves him and she feels trapped and she doesn't know what to do and she can't get away, but she doesn't want to hurt him. And I don't think she realizes... I mean, in the moment where he break, is breaking through the door, she still hasn't seen the haunts. She still hasn't seen the fucking... Show. So Danny got hurt, and he's fucking gaslighting her with some bullshit. Like, Which, he did it to himself. I'm sorry. If you're... How old is he? Like, six or something? He's supposed to be five in the book. I think he's supposed to be seven in the movie. So you're... I don't know. Your child under the age of 20, or over the age of 20, any person on the planet comes to you mm-hmm. when you're in a hotel that you know for a fact there is no one else in and says... A scary woman in a bathtub tried to choke me, and you're immediately like, there's someone in the building! Oh my god, you have to find her! You really honestly think there's a scary old woman hiding in a bathtub somewhere? So I didn't have a lot of respect for her in the beginning. I love when they're touring the hotel, and she's just full of these, oh, isn't it lovely, and oh, isn't it beautiful, and oh, isn't... And I'm like, this... And she's got that kind of soft drawl, and she seems kind of meek, and she keeps calling him Jack and my husband, and she's just so la 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 la, and kind of this seeming pushover. And but I honestly, I so I remember thinking the first time I saw it, fuck, I hate her. Yeah, I didn't like her in the beginning at and all. And watching I, it again last night, I was thinking, I wonder if like she didn't bother me as much. I was wondering mm-hmm. if I would still really really hate her and for the first half of the movie I didn't like her for the see I was the opposite for the first half of the movie I was thinking you know I think I get her I think I understand her better and I'm not as upset Mm -hmm. this is just who she is yes she is a little bit more meek yeah I I don't necessarily like her I think she should stand up for herself those kinds of things but she does stand up for herself as a character I understood her and thought that she was more real Mm -hmm. and then she started acting like one of those balloon freak things outside of a car wash with her arms flailing all over the place and just like (laughs) and every time she'd come on screen I was like fuck get the fuck away from me Shelley Duvall she gives some really good horror face the Mm -hmm. scene where he's breaking through the door the look of horror on her face the hysteria I I hate to use that word but yeah she's a little hysterical she's She's legitimately hysterical hysterical. but you know what she fucking busts out the Louisville Slugger when she has that moment where she... She barely tapped him on the head with Look, it. though, she she's protecting herself. She has the moment where she sees the book, which is, what is it, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, mm-hmm. and realizes, 
okay, there's something really wrong here. He's going batshit. He shows up. She's protecting herself. She's keeping distance between them. She's trying to talk him down. She's, you know, and he's doing, I mean. I wouldn't hurt you. Full throttle Jack Nicholson. Bat shit crazy. He was so good. He was great at the bar. He was great talking to her. He's great. But that's kind of part of what I mean about the movie also feeling a little bit just like a showcase for Jack Nicholson to be Jack Nicholson. If he... Because in the beginning when he is... Um, I, I was wondering because I'm like he's at the interview or whatever and he's, you know, talking to him and he just seems... I was like, is it is it Jack's big head that's coming through or is this guy supposed to be an egomaniac? Because he sounds like a douche. Oh yeah, my wife's really into that horror stuff, and oh, she'll love it. Never comes up with her. He never, and I, I'm assuming he didn't tell her any of that because she seems clueless the entire time. So he just—oh, I assume not. He yeah. seems like this overbearing douche tard, and I think that's part of what King didn't appreciate. He seems a little. Who? What person in their right mind decides to take their wife and young son? To a hotel where they're going to be trapped from October October until May with no actual contact with the outside world beyond maybe a radio and some TV. Mm-hmm. Who does that? That shit is bananas. With a kid especially. Yes, with a kid. Because that was actually going to be one of my questions for you is would you do that? Fuck no. Really? By myself, sure. But okay. Well, first, yeah, that's what I mean. I no, mean no, okay. I mean uh, you. Forget that. I would not, no. I would not want to be trapped as beautiful as that hotel was, which and it was beautiful, I would not want to be trapped, haunted or not, in a fucking hotel for months of the year in a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. I would I would get cabin fever. I would go nuts. I mean, I, I get real weird. Like, real weird when I'm left alone <laughs> for too long. Like, I get real weird. Like, I start thinking things like, I'm going to take naked Polaroids of myself and then cut them up and then build a new me out of them. Or just... <laughs> Weird Some shit. weird science shit right there. Yeah, like I, I do the thing where like I'll laugh and cry and laugh and cry and then I don't even know if I'm laughing or crying. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. Like I get weird. So you wouldn't but you wouldn't do this. I totally would. <laughs> is, I it the, is it the rom- are you romanticizing it? I think so. I think so. And so, I think so and here's the thing. I say I get real weird, but I mean some geniuses were were weird. Like what if what if there's a Picasso lurking within right. me? The brilliance would come out. Come out. If you're alone for months in a haunted hotel. So like one of, and I actually read this on the internet that some of the inspiration for the book and the story by Stephen King was The Mask of the Red Death. And that is one of my absolute favorite Edgar Allan Poe stories. And I didn't put two and two together until I read that. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. They're trapped. And like this is, it's all coming together. Um, But I, there were so many things in this movie that, one, there were things that I've seen on the internet. Those those elevator doors in the blood, that's one of my favorite gifts ever in the entire world. Oh, yeah. Like, anytime Aunt Flo mm-hmm. comes to town, mm-hmm. like, let's send Party heart, Like, send it, send it, send it. So I love that. The Jack Nicholson frozen at the end. I, how many times <laughs> so have ridiculous. I seen that in a meme? And I didn't realize it was from that movie until I saw him running through the hedge in you're the snow. And so I was like, funny. holy shit, that's what this is from. I feel like you're just living your life in this weird fog. <laughs> you're like, let's call the meeting of the five families because there are five teams. Oh, look, Jack Nicholson is cold. Wonder when that happened. Wonder when that happened, yeah. And then, um, 
you know, the of course the face in the door with him with the axe and the here's Johnny thing. Yeah. Like everybody knows that that's from The Shining. But um, so like in the opening scenes where you're watching the car drive through the mountains and there's just these beautiful shots. We saw Midsommar this summer and it reminded me of that. And a lot of the movie reminded me of that. The the tension, the build, the creepy factor, the I music. Can, yeah, I, can, I totally got that vibe. Um, somebody slowly going losing it, mm-hmm. slowly losing it. Um, I feel like it's interesting that you bring that up because one of my issues with Midsummer is there again at the end of the movie, I was left thinking, "What the fuck was this about?" And I feel like <laughs> there are because, and I don't necessarily mean because the movie drugs, as a whole. Because drugs, because drugs. <laughs> Clearly, I was not high enough right. when I saw either of these. But I, I feel like sometimes people get too lost in. The mood of the story sure. and forget about the, the story, story itself. And then you start throwing, like, I get it, weird shit happens in hotels. Sometimes guys want to fuck in bear costumes. Is that what furries are from? <laughs> Is that <laughs> where furries started? But I don't understand how that could be one of the, like, most traumatic experiences that left an imprint in the hotel, unless something bad happened after those two got together. But I mean, sometimes they're just weird things. So, and I don't, and maybe this is me. First of all, First thing I'm going to do when I see a hotel like this and I'm going to be living there for a while is mm-hmm. I'm going to go and look at that wall of pictures and I'm going to, just because it's interesting, like how did you not notice? Are you going to pay your respects so the ghosts don't bother you? It's going to be very Dead Poet Society. I'm going to get in <laughs> real close and listen as they whisper, Carpe <laughs> But I, I don't understand how you could be there for over a month and not even seen, have seen those pictures. But... Um, I forgot where I was going with that. If you were in the hotel. If I were in the hotel, I would definitely. You would pay your respects. I, I would pay your respects. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. Either. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Why? Like, why was he? What do you mean he was there? He was, so was this Jack Nicholson, <clears throat> the character, he was called back home. Jack was called back home. Like, I don't, oh, I get, I get that at one point. The, why is he in the photo? The ghost, the yeah. And the ghost was like, you've always been the caretaker. Gotcha. But clearly he actually <laughs> hasn't. But then again, he was back in the 20s and. So I haven't read the book. I haven't either. And I don't know if that's how it ends. I, I, I don't know. think that's how it ends. I remember seeing the miniseries years ago, whenever it was on, like late 90s or mm-hmm. early 2000s. Um, the guy from Wings played Jack. Steven Weber? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember watching Steven it. Steven Weber's hot. I like it. I, I remember watching it back then, and it was... I don't. I believe Stephen King actually wrote the screenplay for it, but mm-hmm. at the very least, he gave the okay. If he, I think he wrote it, but even if he didn't, he gave the okay on it. Mm-hmm. He said, "This is how I want the story to be told." I still don't actually remember what the differences were. Yeah, that's funny. I did read online that um, so they had sold the rights so Kubrick could make the movie, and Stephen King had to buy them back to get this miniseries made. Mm-hmm. Um, Which obviously yeah. was, didn't stick with me. So I mean, yeah, and I get the, the I story. story the story right. goes that Kubrick said, "You can't talk shit about my movie anymore if you're going to make this mini series." Because Stephen King talked a lot of shit about the movie. Stephen King could do whatever the fuck he wanted. It was his story that you retardized. I think it's good. I think it's good. No, but the, it's still, if the, it was his story, he intended to tell, and he changed all of these things around. I mean, the end of the movie when they zoom in on that photograph, I thought. Is this like, is history is repeating itself or he has come home and this is where he belongs yeah. or he's trapped in the, in the hotel with the other haunts? Sure. I guess, and to my point about the what the fuck kind of feeling is you zoom in on that and you know it's going to elicit kind of a chill and a mm. creepy sort of response. Ooh. 
but does it actually mean anything? Is it actually related right. to or the story? Or is it just, yeah, or is it just weird? Because so, that's how I felt about a lot of the Midsummer stuff too was, I don't think this is actually part of the story you're trying to tell. I think you're just trying to freak me out. And fuck you, you don't have to do that. Just tell me a freaky just story. Just tell you a scary story. I, I agree with you in some sense, but I do think, like Ari Aster is masterful, and I think that he has, there was meaning behind everything that he did. I don't think so. You can think that. I believe it. And I do think, and I, I don't, I don't know about Kubrick because I know he cares a lot about like the visual aspect of it. I know and, Kubrick certainly thought he was a genius. Right. Yeah. So let me, let me, <laughs> what? they're going on the tour of the hotel. This probably really doesn't, I don't have a reason for no. why he's in that photograph, but in general, <laughs> the story, the does. story of the hotel and the haunts. They're going on the tour, and they're closing everything down. So it's bustling, 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 and then the next day, of course, everybody will be gone. And Wendy says, it's like a ghost ship. And let me tell you, Lindsay, ghost ship is one of my favorite horror movies <gasps> of all time. It's so bad. I love it, and I own it on VHS. Very good, <laughs> and I love it so much. And I'm watching this movie, and I, all I can think about is ghost ship and how the haunts have a, an effect on reality. Because sometimes in ghost stories, the ghosts can't hurt you. It's more of that, like, they're there and they're scaring you. I mean, The Conjuring, it's more about possession. But in, in the ghost ship movie, and some of the elements, like, so the beautiful, sexy woman who turns into, like, the old, scary, gross-out crone, mm -hmm. the kind of same, that's the same thing that happens in ghost ship mm -hmm. that and that they're all being haunted and like affected by these like doesn't gabriel burns character start to lose it and he starts to do crazy shit it's the same fucking story it's the it's, it's the same it tropes. is and i but it's something about this particular kind of movie where the haunts are more than just there are these they're kind of like still existing it's like uh, what the what the guy says uh dick Holleran says he's like sometimes bad things happen and they stick around the the yeah right I, and there's a when it's an echo essentially an yeah. echo right but so when she i don't know why 1921 and this ball and all these people why it's such a big deal but when she at one point she kind of walks into the room and there are all of the skeletons of people and it's all like creepy and cobwebby and stuff and i was like is this a ghost ship situation where somebody like poisoned everybody at the party and they all died and nobody knows about it and that's why they're still hanging around? Mm -hmm. That's all I could think of. Which you would think that would have been in the papers. <laughs> I mean, you right. would think that would have yeah. come up. Just really interesting. Because the only thing you know about is that this guy, Grady, who I swear in the beginning, the guy calls him Charles Grady, but it's Delbert Grady that um, Jack's character keeps seeing everywhere and talking to the butler or the waiter or whatever but in the beginning i swear to god, i wrote it down charles grady but then the guy's introducing himself as delbert which i found very strange because why would you introduce yourself as delbert right that's a silly name right yeah so yeah um so i did think that there was something that i think well i mean he says he mentioned as well when he was talking about when the hotel first opened that it was built on an ancient indian burial ground which makes sense because mm -hmm. stephen king has a real hard-on for ancient indian burial grounds <laughs> But it's never brought up again. Right. So I feel like the fact that it was mentioned makes me think that there's some sort of curse of some kind that perhaps is getting people to do bad things and then trapping them there. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, obviously, obviously right. I don't know. Right. Well, and spoiler alert, in Ghost Ship, it's like Satan himself, right? Or it's some kind of a demon who's collecting souls. I love how you're giving spoilers for Ghost spoilers Ship. Spoilers for Ghost Ship is <laughs> If you haven't seen Ghost people Ship. People need to <laughs> fucking see it. And I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you. 
And this guy who plays the bad guy in that movie is very hot. He's also in Wrong Turn, which is another good movie that everyone should watch. That is one way <laughs> to describe it. So yeah. Um, you know, you should also watch Jeepers Creepers. Like. Fucking A, that's a good show. <laughs> Justin Long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. So yeah. So I was confused by that. And it does feel like, so yeah, a lot of like different things coming, like Native American burial ground. We don't know what's going on with the 1920s party. It is a little messy. It feels like there's a lot of shit happening. You know what I want to see? I want to see a place built on an ancient Indian burial ground that's haunted by the white men who came in and killed all the Indians. And then the Indian ghosts are the ones who actually save the day. That could be pretty Where's cool. that movie? Where's that movie? Yeah. Isn't that Ghostbusters? Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Native Americans. I hate to make a joke about you. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was really rough. Um, so yeah, and then I think too, so the whole, so a couple, like last week when I started to try to look the movie up so that I could um, stream it, I typed in The Shining, and it was weird because I, I know the movie's called The Shining. I never thought about, what the fuck? Why is it called The Shining? Never, never. Oh, you didn't know what The Shining was. Right, what does okay. it mean? And I was like, that's so weird because nothing that I know of this movie has anything to do with shininess. So, <laughs> well, that hotel must be really weird. <laughs> um, but when, so then you hear this, you know, Dick tells the boy, you know, it's the, it's it basically telepathy slash clairvoyance slash a sixth sense or whatever. Wait, yeah, and I love the fact that it's not called any of those things. Mm-hmm. That he's really just saying, you know, this is something that a lot of people... Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't say a lot of people have. He said he probably thought almost nobody else did. Right. And, you know, my but, grandmother knew and I knew. And it's, it's just sort of a connectedness. Mm-hmm. And the way he describes it, I think, is wonderful. And actually one of the best parts of the movie. Like, that was the part that I really wanted to get in deeper with. And mm-hmm. then I feel like it kind of dropped off. I, I mean, no, it was a, one of the more interesting, why does right. he have it? How does it work? Exactly. And then, so, sure, Tony's red-rumming all over the place at some point, mm-hmm. And, yeah, he sees the creepy girls and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but first of all, he sees these things, and you would think if the kid has The Shining and he's the only one who does it, he'd be the only one who's seen it. Well, now I'm thinking, okay, Jack perhaps has The Shining as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe it's genetic. Okay, fine. But fair then enough. Mom and then sees him too. mom starts seeing it too. So were they seeing things because of The Shining? I think they... Or was it because of the hotel? And if it's just because of the hotel, then if this kid has The Shining, does the only time that that actually comes into play are when Tony's talking? I think they explain it in the book. In the book, I haven't read the book, but I read the Wikipedia entry on the book. So I feel like I can speak to this. Oh, uh, <laughs> so in the book, Tony is the is Danny's future self. His middle name is Anthony. And I guess in the future, as an adult, he goes by Tony. Well, I feel like you're ruining that for me now because here, <laughs> what, what is the name of the movie that's coming out? That's basically the sequel to The Shining, Ewan McGregor. Uh, I don't know. But well, it's coming yeah, out soon. Yeah, because the King wrote the book in 2013. And yeah, now they're making the movie or the movie's coming out. So, anyway, so that's who Tony is supposed to be based on the book. And also, um, it's that the hotel is getting more... They're being powered by Danny's abilities. And they want to possess Danny. The, the hotel, its spirits want to possess Danny. And so, they're coming more to life because of Danny. And that's why I think... So, they start to take over the Jack Nicholson character because he's a weak-minded fuck. And then... Wendy is able to see then all of that. Why kind of stuff. were they telling Jack that he should kill his 
wife and son. Because they I wanted to take well, no. him. So in the book, they tell him, I want you to get Danny and bring Danny to us. So I so don't what know. what you're if, saying is Because he never gets his hands on Danny, actually. He just chases him. You never know what he would actually do. What you're saying is that Kubrick did, in fact, fuck up the entire story. Potentially, yes. That's what you're telling me. Well, and I guess um, King, you know, in the novel, the, the lady is more of kind of a beautiful blonde trophy wife who's never had anything bad to her, which is why it's more horrifying that this awful thing is happening to her. But I think the... Uh, the Wendy character that that is in the movie is very meek and seems like she's been abused and gaslighted she and does. everything. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I think um, I I le- I do think that there are lots of elements of the movie that kind of don't make sense and don't fall into place, and that if I hadn't read. But I didn't, I guess it didn't bother me while I was watching it. I'm like, it's just this fucked up hotel where fucked up things have happened. Kind of like Ghost Ship. And now the haunts are there (laughs) and they're coming to get you. And Jack, so Jack's falling into that, um, that crazy that he goes into. And Jack Nicholson, I think I wrote down at one point, like, why is he so fucking sexy? He's gross. Like, dude is gross. But... I just think it's sexy. I don't know how else to explain it. And when he's when he's walking her up the stairs and she's walking back and she's got the Louisville slugger and he's saying, what is he? He says, uh, Wendy, darling, light of my life. I'm laughing out loud because it's so funny to me because he's th- there's this kind of craziness but also that these, the delivery of the lines is so good. And yeah. Even when he's at the bar, he's yeah, talking. In no way do I dispute that. It's he's amazing. amazing. It's so good. And I thought that um, the little boy was very good too. In the beginning, I was like, this little kid is fucking weird, but I thought he was really good. Did a very good job for like a little kid. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the whole the talking in the other voice and the whole red rum thing, um, which is another thing that's out in popular culture that you hear and you don't. And you know, I knew that red rum was murder backwards, but. You didn't know, like, But I why didn't or... understand the kind con- yeah, yeah, out of the movie. I knew it came from this movie. Um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, yeah, I thought Danny was good. I loved Danny's little sweaters in the movie. So <laughs> cute. Um, so adorable. And I fucking loved everything. I mean everything that Wendy wore. Okay. That is... A very different take she's from got, mine. She's got the... I feel like the back half of the movie, it's this... Um, it's like a weird it's like a, jumper that looks like an apron. Uh-huh, but it's got a long skirt. But she's got, she's wearing some incredible boots. I'll give her the out. boots. The boots are incredible. The like, boots are great. When right. they arrive at the hotel, she's got like a long kind of tan skirt with this white turtleneck and like this... Um, brown turd color jacket. Yeah. And like the... Uh, but so the, you're a fan of the turds. I, a I big fan. I loved what she wore. I love... I don't know. It, there were other things too. Other movies that I kind of so where Danny hides himself inside the kitchen and then Jack's coming after him. Fucking Jurassic Park, baby. Yeah. Or even the look of Wendy, the the dark bangs that kind of get sweaty and separated out, and like the dark circles under her eyes and her pale skin. I'm like, she's Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice. Our Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice it's is her. her. Um, I'd never seen her in a movie before, and I knew she was in Popeye, and I didn't give a shit about that movie. Um, so I, I didn't remember seen it. seeing that movie. Mm-hmm. That's about all I remember. Yeah. But I, at first, I just didn't think she was that great, but as the movie went on, I'm like, man, yes, yes. She seemed freaking freaked out. Like, she seemed really And maybe it. that's one of the reasons why I uh, don't like her is... 
I'm, I'm the kind of person who, if I see a spider, my reaction is, oh, no, it's a spider. Spider. Even if I'm scared of it, and I might, like, take a step back. I may even give a slight gasp, but I'm not going to freak the fuck out. First of all. But I think she does keep her head. I think she does. She goes to check on the snow cat. She tries the radio. How could she not get that window open? She weighs 42 pounds <laughs> and she couldn't fit through that window. I know. She should have made it through the window. I am pretty sure that Danny was thicker than her. <laughs> so if he managed to get out, she sure as shit should have. I don't know. I thought she. I thought and she the did running keep around. Her head. The running around is the worst. That's with really the knife. The, the running with just, the knife is like, bad. Her yes. arms are all T Rex like and just flopping around, <laughs> and she's got that ridiculous look on her face, and I just can't. I just can't. I just fucking can't. And and the character of of Dick Holler and I. First of all, I recognized him because he's in Bronco Billy. That yes, was what I knew brothers. him from. Yeah, that's what I knew him from. And oh, I was like, you've never seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh-uh. No. So <gasps> I've never seen a movie. The I've seen. The play. Um, no. Like in college. Well, you just talked about how amazing you think Jack Nicholson is, and you've never I probably seen need to see it. Yeah. But anyway, he's um, he's from Bronco Billy, which is one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like his character, he's an important character, but he definitely feels kind of like left. Like it's like we need somebody to, to push the plot along and share some information. So, cause yeah. And I also feel like... Why do we have to... I guess I felt like they did a good job of showing how he got to the hotel because if it really is that hard to get there, it has to be somebody who knows what they're doing and somebody who has access to a snowcat, so they But he had also to show just watched things. a news report that said that flights weren't landing, airports were closed. Mm-hmm. So where exactly did he fly into, first of all? Right. Second of all, how much money does he have that he can just whip up a plane ticket to go back to Colorado and apparently rent a snowcat... Well, he just, he knows the guy. He just knows, he just knows so the guy. They just know each other. Just a guy. It's a network. Just like a Colorado guy. He just knows <laughs> a Colorado him. guy. Um, also, I'm sorry, <laughs> you have The Shining and you don't think that perhaps somebody is right around the corner with an axe. You're just going to walk into the hotel like, anybody here? Hello? Hello? <laughs> anybody home? And it's like, like you have bam, bitch goes a down. vision that frightened you so much so that it drove you to, I assume it took like three days for you to get there because... Mm-hmm. There's no way it could have taken the four hours or so that it seemed like. Right. Speaking of time. Okay. Why the hell did she fall asleep? She's no, like, I don't know. Why is she taking it? I, I mean, just, I know it was nighttime, but... It was like five in the afternoon or something. <laughs> no, I mean, oh yeah, I just dragged my husband into the uh, pantry. And right, and then, I, and then I checked on the snowcat and I couldn't I couldn't use the radio, but I'm really tired. Yeah, it's nighttime. you're like, oh, well, there's no way I can fix this <laughs> snowcat. I don't know wrong with the radio so i'm not even gonna try to because honestly she went out there and she pulled the thing apart and she was like oh no and all i could think was so what it's just you and you have nothing else to do for months figure it out figure it out and instead she goes upstairs and takes a nap yeah lunatic i did i did wonder about that I did wonder why she was sleeping. Uh, uh, those were the couple I of things. I also feel like I would immediately wake up if a child around me started going, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah. That was really interesting. The, the running with the knife and the hysterical reactions to things didn't bother me because I still think she kept her head. But the running with the knife and the, um, and the sleeping, I didn't get. They seemed very <laughs> odd to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what else... What else really stuck, stuck with out you? to me? Yeah. Um, How about the maze? 
Did that really matter? Like, I so desperately want to go through a maze right now. No, I don't like mazes. They give me the willies. That is creepy to me that this you could is... get stuck in something like that and die. So bring some power bars with you. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like... It doesn't seem like any fun to me. You are so... You're like, oh, I don't want to be I stuck feel, out in the middle of nowhere like, by myself or go through a maze. I feel I like this is you. maybe because you like labyrinths so much is why you like the maze. Well, I mean, I certainly hope I don't find any goblins out there. <laughs> I just think it would be fun to go through a maze. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Although I do maze. think I would make it to the middle and be like, yes, I made it. Oh, fuck. I got to walk back. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just going to go straight through these shrubs. The, so where she finally sees the manuscript and realizes that he's been typing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. P.S. There is a Mudvayne song called Dull Boy that is very good. Gross. Do you know what's really funny, <laughs> though? The first time I saw that, and I knew that that was a thing. I, I mean, the saying, mm-hmm. all work and no playmate. Like, I knew that, obviously, already. But the first time I saw the movie, and she comes in, and she sees the manuscript, and she's going through page by page by page, mm-hmm. and seeing the same thing over and over again, and she's getting so freaked out and mm-hmm. so scared. You know what I was thinking? What? Why are you so freaked out? He was just being a lazy motherfucker <laughs> and typing the same thing over again. Like, why does this scare you? <laughs> that's, that's the kind of person I would have been in that hotel. Nothing would have freaked me out. I just would have been like... Uh, Jack's just being a lazy. I don't know what the hell. So you're telling me if you saw somebody in a furry costume with their bare ass hanging out, giving somebody else a blowjob, I would be like, the door. I'd be like, that's a private moment. (laughs) Why did you leave the door ajar? It's a sweet, tender moment between two consenting adults. Um, No, I mean, if they were, how do you do a blowjob with a mask on? Was there a hole? I don't know. Maybe he just moved the mask up. I didn't. I didn't inquire. (laughs) So yeah, that. But that moment. So. I think I might have been spoiled on that moment because I knew what she was going to find. Somehow yeah. I knew what she was going to find, so I, I wasn't scene, shocked as shocked by it. Yeah, that, that whole yeah. thing is um, but there. I, so what I was thinking when she was looking through the pages was like, fuck, somebody had to type all those pages. <laughs> because somebody actually did <laughs> type true. all those pages. Yeah. And it, was a neat, like, it wasn't just like row after row after row. It was like actually spaced out with paragraphs yeah. and verses and things Which that you would great. expect. Which is great. And I do think yeah. when I watched it again last night, I definitely got more of like a, yeah, that's fucked up <laughs> than I did the first time. First time it was just, well, whatever. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that really struck me, it's just it was the, the music was really creepy and mm-hmm. the, it was so beautifully shot. I mean, and the, the sound, the way that you sound. So Danny riding the tricycle, the tricycle and on Over the rug, the off the yeah. rug, on the rug, off the it's rug. Great. And he's going around corners. And like the way that the hotel sets were decorated um, was really, really cool. But yeah. damn it, if those elevators aren't just the coolest fucking shot ever. Like in any movie ever. I can't think off the top of my head of any other... Like, something that I have seen that I just so, just love it. The gushing of the blood. And that they did that. They, There's no fucking, that's all real. There's no fucking CGI bullshit. Oh, it was real blood? Well, <laughs> real blood. Um, but, you know, I know real fake blood. I, yeah. That they didn't, you know, it just was, it was incredible. And that the power of it. I don't know that the chairs kind of get moved by that wave of blood. I mean, if just such a great kind of haunting scary thing and then Danny's kind of seeing it and then she sees it in real time mm-hmm. um and it's that is when he's at the bar the first time when Jack goes to the bar for the first time I was like what's up with this I wasn't to the point of like this is ghost ship and it's like real mm-hmm. um I was like why is he hallucinating about a bar and a bartender I just thought it was so weird and I think that the first time I saw it I was thinking that as well um and in fairness the first time 
I was a little bit in and out and not totally, even if I hadn't fallen asleep, like I said, you know, I was hanging mm-hmm. out with friends, so I wasn't totally paying attention. Um, but yeah, I do, I definitely remember him talking to the bartender and being like, the, what the hell's going on now? <laughs> Why is he, what's happening? And I think I have a greater appreciation for it now because that is something that is, I appreciate subtlety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're talking about the elevator doors and being such a cool scene or a cool shot. And I agree it is. But it's not what gets me going. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like just the gentle subtlety. The first moments where he's talking and you're assuming he's talking to absolutely no one. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a bartender appears. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is is super well done. Yeah. Um, and far more creepy to me. Mm-hmm. I did have a feeling that his... I felt like the psychosis that he... Like, what comes out of him... It felt like it happened too fast. Although the first, yeah. there's probably in maybe 40 to 45 minutes of him just, them just getting to the hotel and him talking to people. And again, he seems like a total douche. And I don't understand, I don't understand why he's doing this. And he But just, he still seems like him. I mean, they go a month in and she's talking to him and he seems just like Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just who he is. And then yeah. it's Tuesday. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. what day the month ago was, I don't know if it yeah. was Monday or the prior Tuesday or what the time stamps were a little bit wonky in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, but yeah, that, that transition is to us, at least it seems pretty quick. It does. But I mean, you know, I guess she brings him breakfast in bed and he slept in and he's sleeping late because he's staying up late and what is he doing? He's writing and then he gets snaps at her and she, but I, when he snapped at her, it felt like who his character was anyway. Yeah, he that's was just I mean, kind of just a dick. Like right, him. right. And I, that's why and I it's not maybe... until later when she comes and checks on him that it's like, oh, he's, yeah, this there's is a problem. More. There's a problem. Yeah, I like the use of mirrors. I read that um, anytime that he's talking to a haunt or a spirit, that there are mirrors, um, mm. except when he's in the pantry. But then when he's in the pantry, it's just a voice mm-hmm. through a shiny metal door. Um, I really like the use of the mirror in the bedroom. Like when she first comes in to bring him breakfast and you don't necessarily realize you're looking at his reflection. Um, and then you do realize it when she shows up in the mirror and then the whole, like she's in the bed, Danny has written red rum Mm -hmm. and then she reads murder. Um, I thought that was really, really great. Danny or Tony or whoever the fuck. It was, the kid was so weird. I thought... It's going to be hard to get over the hump of this kid's kind of weird. You know, mm-hmm. he's, they're eating the sandwich. He's eating his sandwich at the beginning of the movie. The cigarettes on the fucking table, like it's burning, great, like right? smoking away, like classic. And then he's talking, she's talking about what it's going to be like. And he's, you know, kind of apprehensive about it. But she's like, no, it'll be good. The fact that she encouraged, I, I see nothing wrong with encouraging your child to have an imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. But if that imaginary friend speaks like that mm-hmm. out of my child's mouth, mm-hmm. he is going straight to the child psychologist. Yeah. That is not going to stand in my home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you tell me your imaginary friend lives in your mouth. Yeah. But he when it was hiding like, in, it was hiding in his stomach though it, when the lady came to try. Oh, and he yeah. sounds like some kind of demon mm-hmm. kind of voice. Yeah. No thank you. Yeah. Really cute kid. And I thought a good selection for Nicholson, like his to play his son. The scene where like it's Jack and um, Danny are like talking to each other. Like Jack's got him on the bed, and because yeah, he had gone up one. to get his fire pl- fire truck or whatever, and he's telling him how much he loves him, and he would never hurt him. Even then, there's kind of like this underlying scary. He's there's got his hands on him, right? Yeah, there. It's 
a weird lack of sincerity, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's that subtle creepiness. Man, he's so good. He's what would you say your favorite? Okay, just yeah, favorite Jack Nicholson. So I think my first experience with Jack Nicholson was as the Joker in the nineteen eighty nine Batman with Michael Keaton, and I loved, I, I loved him in that movie, and I sure. loved Michael Keaton in that movie. Um, and this, and so when I would see like the here's Johnny scene, like, cause you mm-hmm. know, you'd see it out in the world and I would think like, yeah, that kind of lines up with what I know of him as the Joker. Um, I honestly can't, like, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of other Jack Nicholson as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. The other, what's another, the other romantic comedy I know him from the one with Diane Keaton and Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Where he's the dickhead. He's yeah. a dickhead and as good as it gets, and he's a dickhead in this other movie right. too. Terms of Endearment. I haven't uh, seen that. Oh my god, you have to see Terms oh, of Endearment. Put it on the list. Add it to the list. Um, but yeah, I know, I know what movie you're talking about too. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any other. Like this probably is one of the ones, like a, a younger Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not a fan of older Jack. I don't. I'm trying to think of other older Jack. Like I've never seen. A few good men, but I know the you know you oh, can't handle the truth. The the worst. All of that. I know, I know. It's like this is the whole reason we made this podcast. <laughs> um, so probably this is this is probably oh the witches of Eastwick, which I <laughs> love. That is good. Yeah, <laughs> and I he's totally forgot about again that. smarmy but sexy in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I I think I might, this might be it. This mm-hmm. might be my favorite Jack Nicholson movie now. You still haven't you still haven't seen Lumpkin Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Yeah, I haven't seen that. You never watched The Departed either, did you? I think I see I've seen some of it, but not all the way through. I like, feel I like I've just seen snippets of it. I had the DVD for mm-hmm. years, and then finally yeah, gave it back, and they were like, ah, yeah. I didn't. But I feel like I started to watch it when it was streaming somewhere, and I probably didn't finish it. <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, I can't think like why is Jack Nicholson so famous? Is it because of The Shining? Is it because of A Few Good Men? I think everything he does, there's a magical quality to it. Um, there's a sort of creepiness in everything, mm-hmm. even if he is, even if the character is pretty sincere. I feel like there is still just this weirdness about him. It's it's almost like a Sam Rockwell quality. I love mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. But even when he's a straight arrow and he's a good guy, there's still something about him that's just. There's something weird off and off, and I feel like Jack Nicholson is the mm-hmm. same way. Except I will say, in, in Jack Nicholson, I think he plays into that, and I think Sam Rockwell, every character he has, there's more of a mystery about him because mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't actually he play into it. it back. Yeah, he. But it's something about them. I really liked Sam Rockwell in um, Three Billboards. I thought he was he was probably my favorite character in that movie, um, but. He's in this terrible movie with Anna Kendrick called Mr. Right. Fuck, it's so bad. Yeah. And I don't know that I've seen a lot of other... I've seen him in a few he other was in. He was in... Was it the remake of Poltergeist? Yeah. Oh, so, so bad. That was... That was a travesty. Poltergeist is one of my all-time favorite. It's a good movie. Horror movie. It's and a really good movie. Speaking of scary that, AF. Yeah. It is so fucking scary. I had a tree right outside my window when I was a kid, and I saw that movie when I was a young child mm-hmm. and freaked... And I also had clowns. Why? I, I don't, don't understand why people put clowns in kids' I don't, bedrooms. I don't, know. I don't get it. it it's I not obviously, a thing that I. I never bought these clowns. Yeah, <laughs> it was something that my parents did, and I had myself pretty well convinced that my clowns were good clowns. I actually convinced myself that my clowns were not only good clowns, but they were the kind of good clowns that would keep an eye out for bad clowns, mm-hmm. like those or that one. 
from poltergeist so that they would help keep me safe. I, I should probably unpack them. I I'm don't, not sure where they are. I don't think I have clowns. And that's just, it, clowns just now remind me of the good place that Eleanor shelves drop. Um, but <laughs> there was a story, like dolls. I had a lot of dolls as a kid. Like my Uncle Larry gave me and my sister these like porcelain dolls with like the hair that came in like the little ringlet curls mm-hmm. and like an old fashioned dresses. And I had a few of those. And uh, I remember a story, like a scary story we would tell each other as kids. The, about a girl who had a, like a doll in her room and there was something that the doll would say and then at the end of it I think her finger the doll's fingernails grow really long and she stabs the little girl through the heart oh that's rough yeah it was I wish I could remember I'll probably have to google it um isn't that great you can just google anything anymore nah. so yeah but um yeah Jack Nicholson I can't think of anything else that I've actually seen him in <laughs> he's just sort of this mysterious he's just entity around. <laughs> he's just around and you know him but yeah I don't know I was never like, oh, I'm a huge Jack Nicholson fan. Like, I just, you know of him. He's around. Yeah. He, I really liked his performance in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I wondered when he was talking to the bartender or when he was saying all those things to Wendy when he's basically telling her, you know, he's, I feel like he's like, you know, Danny must have done that to himself. When you remove all the other logical explanations, it wasn't you, it wasn't me, there's nobody else here. It has to be that it hurt himself. Right. And then when he's telling her, you know, he was saying, you know, because she's like, we need to take Danny to a doctor. And he's like, I finally get my big chance to do the thing that I want to do. And you're, you know, it's like you're not, you don't respect me, you don't care about me, and me, 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 me. But Mm -hmm. she's got this look on her face like, oh. Because she just wants to be, she's like the meek, sweet wife who wants to do everything right by her husband, and he's just just being a dick. And that I think is his character. I think oh, yeah. that's what he really believes. It's obviously all about him, or yeah. he wouldn't have moved his yeah. family up to the middle of nowhere. So yeah, he's just a fucking piece of shit. And then, but the the way that he delivered the lines, how he kind of like he's trapped in the pantry, and he's like, "Oh, I'm hurt. Get me out." He just does that. Oh, he was the so back good and forth, there. so good. And I. I was wondering how much of those things that he maybe improvised or, you know, I'm, I'm sure they had to do about a bajillion takes because mm-hmm. it's Kubrick, but I was wondering about that, how much of it was actually written down. And I read that there were so many changes to the script that Nicholson finally stopped reading anything. He just was like, just give me the new pages the day of. I mean, that's some fucking skill. Yeah. Yeah. He's a talented man. Um, and gross, but still hot. I just don't, I can't figure it out. Like, I was thinking that he was, like, I'm currently in love with the hot priest from Fleabag, and I was like, maybe, maybe that's a little bit, but the hot priest is, like, nothing like this character. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He's beautiful. I love him. (laughs) That's good. Um, so, yeah, so themes, I feel like the theme of, again, that the, the family, the feeling trapped in in that abusive relationship, and you're literally trapped inside of this hotel with Mm -hmm. this guy. Um, and then all the things he was talking about, like his responsibilities and his duties and how she's kind of not allowing him to do those things. And mm-hmm. it was kind of that, like, I'm the man and I'm in charge, like, I need this for me and this is important and this is about my self-worth. There is something else there about that, about being a man with all of this responsibility and this weight and then kind of losing it because, because, because he, he brought his family to this place and he was responsible. And I think in the book, he completely blows off taking care of the boilers and the hotel blows up at the end. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So that doesn't happen in this movie, but yeah. I think, that, that, I think that was in the miniseries, not that you mentioned. Right. So, uh, yeah, are the haunts kind of representative of this 
the pressure that he feels as a man to take care of his family and not be an alcoholic and not be an abusive dick dickwad. I mean, I guess you could say that, but I don't feel like that's portrayed by the character at all. That no. he feels any sort of pressure. It no. seems to me like it's just it's just him it's talking just him. out his ass, yeah, and saying like my responsibilities and you're gonna prevent me from because he's talking about. He's like, they paid me. I have a contract. That means something. I have to take care of this place. Which is so full of shit because you've yeah. just been sitting in a room for 48 hours Not typing the same sentence throwing over it, and over Throwing again. the ball around. and uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Would you watch it? I mean, I can't remember if you answered this I, I'm not saying I would never watch it again, I, but I don't feel compelled to. I think I do, I do want to watch it again. I, d- I think it was really, really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not sad that I never watched it before because I think if I had, I wouldn't have paid. If we weren't having this conversation, I wouldn't have paid as much attention you to it. You would have fallen asleep. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Truthfully, I didn't fall asleep because the movie was dull. I fell asleep because I was very tired. Yeah, I just mean you wouldn't have gone back to it. Yeah. Um, Honestly, there are going to be a lot of movies we talk about that are ones that you probably fell asleep during and never finished. And because of that, I'm counting it as you never saw them. <laughs> and I'm going to make totally you watch them. It's totally fine. And I, I can't believe, what does that even mean you fell asleep during Captain America? Like, what was wrong with you? I don't even know if it was. I feel like it was one of the Captain America movies. Oh my God. I don't know. I just don't. Just not interested. I loved the first Guardians of the Galaxy, but the second one, I was sneezing. Too long. It not was, not a good story. Same no, time. it wasn't good. It wasn't good. You have a thing against Kurt Russell? Is that it? No, I love Kurt Russell. Well then, um, and the, then the other thing that really surprised me too. One more thing I want to say is that I, I went online. So that's what I do. I watch the movie. I go online. I see what's out there, mm-hmm. and I thought, surely this movie is one accolades because it's such a great it's a because it's Kubrick it's a no no because it's Nicholson and it's Stephen King and yeah it's a little bit yeah. it's Kubrick and it's these iconic scenes and this the, the, everybody knows about this but movie it's a horror thriller nobody has any fucking respect for horror that's right the genre or, it makes me angry or action or thriller yeah it's, um, if it's not did Black Panther not get nominated for Oscars and it was what the first one ever I'm just comic book saying and did it win anything no because nobody would because it, it did win it won for best costume I thought that doesn't count it does count no it doesn't there are plenty of crap movies that was a great movie to be it's clear a, yeah. but there are plenty of crap movies that have won for best costume or best sound editing or something like that but as far as actual acting mm-hmm. awards, directing, writing, actual, uh, you know, best picture, it's it's never going to be... I mean, I shouldn't say never because I think eventually the tide will turn and it's gotten closer, but a comic book movie or an action adventure or, or a, horror film. a horror film or a comedy. I, I mean, there are very, very few that have received any sort of accolades and even then... They have, I mean, Silence of the Lambs is probably the closest that I can think yeah. that is sort of a horror thriller mm-hmm. that was really, People really well received by critics as well. It just, it bumps me out because, so like The Haunting of Hill House that just was released on Netflix, what, last year? The show. Yeah. yeah. Such a fucking good show. And I feel like there are some, it's not about, to me, horror isn't about, yeah, some of it's about being scared, but it's also about... Like, just that, it's an emotion, that that feeling that I'm not going to get with, you know, I an action movie or, a, like, a sad movie or something like that. There's something in there that's getting to me, like, my id deep down inside of me that is could be terrifying to me. And 
we I don't often have that feeling. But in fairness, there aren't really that many horror movies that are truly good movies. Really. Ghost Ship? Ghost Ship? <laughs> I mean, Ghost Ship, obviously. I mean, you've got Gabriel Byrne, Juliana Margulies, uh, uh, fucking Isaiah Washington. Come on now. Some of the greatest actors of our generation. Dude, <laughs> I'm well aware. Um, it's so good. I'm sorry, Carl Urban? Oh whole reason, my god. Whole reason I bought the movie. Are you serious? Yeah. You were in love with Carl Urban before everybody was in love with Carl Urban. Yeah, I was. I still think he's very underrated and nobody gives a shit about him. I agree. So yeah, so I guess, like, so then I go to look to see, like, certainly it was nominated or won something. It was nominated for two Razzies. Oh, wow. Worst Actress and Worst Director. I hope right? it won for Worst Actress. It didn't win. It didn't win. Oh. But oh. I was sad. That made me sad. Yeah, well, I think part of it, part of it is the genre. I mean, think about what are actually good horror movies. The Others. I think The Others was really, good really well crafted and well I thought The Orphanage. Well the Orphanage is really done, well Pan's done. Pan's Labyrinth, I think, was really well Fucking done. Fucking A. Uh, what's the other one by Guillermo del Toro? Uh, the Devil's Backbone. <laughs> Um, is really, really good. He's amazing. But there are only kind of a select few that you can really think of as being really good quality movies, too. You know, a tight story that holds together and makes good sense, good direction, and good acting, good acting. all coupled I feel together. like good acting is probably where it falls down a lot of the time. I, I feel like the writing is where <laughs> it stumbles a lot, but that's me. When you know. start throwing, like, The Conjuring had parts that were so good and then you start throwing in cheap scares and it all falls apart and that's the writing like you're you're doing that if you're saying and then you know it's really creepy and scary and everybody's gonna be really freaked out and then we're just gonna grab this girl by her <laughs> ponytail and throw her around the room <laughs> fuck you was that in the first conjuring yeah it was stupid that was where i checked out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden there are demons possessing people and i was mm-hmm. like whatever it you had me for the first half or so and then you turned into just another horror movie yeah, I, I really like, I know they'll never win awards, but I do like the kind of campy, like Cabin in the Woods, that's one of my favorites. I am not saying I don't like those, but when I say good movie... <laughs> that's got Chris Hemsworth in it. What is your point? I adore him with every fiber of my being, but that movie is fucking awful. No, it's not. Yes, it I is. I think it's really smart. It's terrible. And funny. It's awful. It's got Richard Jenkins. No. Dislike. Love Richard Jenkins. Movie? Awful. No. That hurts me. Sorry. Hmm. You fell asleep during The Departed, so. (laughs) I know, right? The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. I wanted to say thank you for listening. And um, if you're into Mudvayne or if you would like to check them out, my favorite album is The End of All Things to Come. Um, If you would like to listen to the track that I mentioned in this episode, it is called Dull Boy. It is on their album, The New Game, and it is inspired by Jack Torrance's writings at the Overlook Hotel. Um, so thanks again for listening, and uh, you can find us now on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play. Um, so please find us on your preferred platform and uh, subscribe and review. We'd also love to hear from you. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Movie Virgins Pod. One last thing, people. The music in this episode was written and performed by Melissa Powers.
Bye.